This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Hello, and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and today I'm a... I'm a soggy wet boy. It's <laughs> it's raining again here. Another atmospheric river. Another rainy Monday, and I'm just. Uh, I'm. Not, I guess I'm not soggy and wet. I'm. I'm avoiding being soggy and wet. I was gonna say, is this a subtle callback to our behind the scenes bit <laughs> that we just watched? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hi, my name is Michael Willer. I'm a chubby chaser, and I am a tuckered out travel boy. Oh. I just got back from my uh, work trip in Seattle three concerts in two months. I am worn the F out, but I'm feeling good because I get today off. I get tomorrow off. And for the people who aren't aware, that's a Monday and a Tuesday. So <laughs> I am, I'm just ready to chill, do a fun podcast and then play video games until my eyes bleed. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> it's not fun till there's blood on the controller. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, everybody. My name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in not so sunny Hollywood. And today I am wondering why the hell I moved to California because I moved here for sunshine and I haven't seen the sun in months. Oh, uh, feels not like true. not true. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker and chubby chaser. And yes, I today am trying to avoid what Mary Berry would call a soggy bottom. And it's 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 I like this. I I kind of have been appreciating the Seattleness. I mean, of the, Dan, of the weather. you can just give him a towel, and after half an hour, he'll be fine. <laughs> well, anyway, so I'm I'm happy to be here and happy to be indoors in a very 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 nice bathroom. Excellent. We all have shelter. We all have food. I think I'm pretty yes. sure. Oh, we have food, baby. <laughs> we, <laughs> well, cool. I'm um, moving right along swiftly along into our uh, housekeeping. Thank you to our sponsor, Bigger City. Thank you to our affiliate, uh, Big Fig Mattresses. Uh, we haven't plugged them in a while. Specifically, Not if you need enough. a mattress, go check them out. We have an affiliate link on our website. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you decide to make a purchase, yep. we get a kickback for it. Obligatory Don Rave here. I, I I had a long day, a long weekend. I My back was killing me. I went to bed last night, laid out on that thing, and I felt my back correct. I love my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I, uh, I have not had any, like, I haven't really had back pain as much, or at least my morning back pain yeah. since yeah. we got our big thing. Yeah. Morning no back longer, pain, gone. I, I no longer it. have to put pillows under my knees. It's great. Mm-hmm. I am the last one who hasn't gotten one only because I, I already have a decent mattress, but it's it's coming. I can tell. Like eventually yeah. mm-hmm. we'll get to that point. Um, thank you also to our our patrons on Patreon. Uh you guys are super cool. Uh underappreciated heroes of the show. We yes. we mention you every week, but that is the bare minimum that we can do. We really love you and thank you so much for supporting us and yep. helping us pay for all the things that we need to do to keep this running like Riverside, which we are currently recording. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I did not end up going back to LA for the Valentine's episode. It was just a bad timing. Uh, So we, we haven't, Dan and I haven't recorded our chaser chat yet, but we will plan that for this week. I'm saying it now I'm throwing my hat over the fence. Um, And that will come out very soon. So thank you for your patience there. 
Um, we, special episode, I, I guess we're coming off of a, two episodes of mailbag, so it's not that special, but we have a mailbag. <laughs> we, we have a real mailbag. We instead actually, of, we have a backlog of mailbags, so there might be an oops all mailbag uh, <laughs> episode coming up because yeah. uh, just there's, there's a little bit of a backlog. Which yeah. is yeah. not an excuse to be slacking on listener mail, so yeah. keep sending them in. We will get to you, we swear. Oh, some really good ones. So this mailbag comes from Don C, uh, currently in Canada. He says, hi, my name is Don. I'm a longtime listener from Toronto, Canada. As a Chubby Chaser, I'm glad that you've given us a platform for all of us in the Chub Chaser Bear community. I know Trevor asked fans to share their stories about Valentine's. And for me, an 11-year long-distance relationship with a wonderful man, David I'm not going to say his last name on the air. <laughs> David S. David S. <laughs> and he is all the way in Scotland. Uh, we met on Growler in 2013 and I was just bouncing around, not really looking for anything. So as he, Dave and I talked at first and then went to Facebook Messenger and then it became once a week, became every day. In 2015, Dave came to Toronto to meet me. We hit it off. And since then, I've traveled to Scotland to meet his extended family that welcomed me as a long lost son. We got engaged. Yeah, isn't that great? We got engaged in 2018 and now working on getting married and having Dave emigrate to Canada. I wondered if me and this quirky dude had anything in common. He swore like a sailor, is a rabid (laughs) Doctor Who Who fan. and is A Scot who swears? (laughs) Unheard of. Unheard of. Uh, a rabid Doctor Who fan and is 10 years my junior. Yet I was intrigued and smitten with this gorgeous chub with a sly smile and a sassy attitude. In time, we got to know each other. Found a deep, uh, I found a deep soul who treated me as a human and not just another black boy cock and saw potential and beauty in me when at times I doubted myself. It's a relief to be able to be fully myself within an interracial relationship and to have a partner who understood fully when I faced racism within the community. Despite the distance, he's been my rock and confidant and my nemesis at Mario Kart. Mm. We've, we've supported each other through thick and thin. And knowing all this, I know I am blessed to have met the love of my life. So happy oh. Valentine's Day, my darling Dave. Thank you for being a part of my life. For those who are single on Valentine's Day, all I got to say is don't give up hope. Learn to be your best lover and best friend. You never know when that special someone is around the corner. Love. Yay. Yay. I wait, hold on. I have a thing for this. <laughs> Yay. Here's oh. a champagne pop too. That that's a little more appropriate. Ooh, yeah. It's nice to meet another Don too. I never met another Don. So I'm like, and what a nice Don. I like this yeah. Don. Yeah. The only other Don I ever hear about, I don't hear nice things about. <laughs> well, the, the thing for me is, you know, so much of our podcast, you know, a lot of listener mail is about problem solving and the problem I'm in and how do I get it? And it's just nice to have like, nope, it's going really great. Thanks all. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I love those two. I personally am a huge fan of this story, mostly because he, he takes the time to just take us through their 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 story, like how they met and their dynamic. And frankly, as someone who has recently played for the first time Mario Kart on with the uh, the Joy-Con controllers, oh, I man. fully admire David's persistence to be that good at them. They are so small and so hard to hold. I can't. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just I love every part of this, and you guys are awesome and. Uh, we all aspire to be uh, Dave and Don, or yeah. David and Don. Sorry, 
Uh, okay. Well, thank you for writing in. We're sorry that uh, it came in right after we recorded. Yes. <laughs> um, like minutes lastly. after we recorded. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but we, we tried to, to drop the presses, but it just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. We, we don't. <laughs> Um, but thank you anyway, and hopefully uh, we will be able to clear out <laughs> the rest of our, yes. our backlog of mailbags soon. Um, all right, and with that, I think that brings us into you. Grab your hats and canes, boys. Am I the only person who pictures tap dancing penguins? Jazz I can see that. I know. I can no, see. I, yeah, I penguins, see penguins. Jazz fins. No, jazz I fins. see pat, tap dancing penguins because I live with Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, uh, we have out of Sky News, which I'm guessing is yeah. a, an airline. No, it's not. No, I thought is it was it not? <laughs> no, no, it's just it's, regular it's a trash British, British service, media. Right? It's trash yeah. British media. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's dive in with our headline: Fin Air. Airline uh, starts weighing passengers with luggage to ensure a safe takeoff. Now, they don't say it in the headline because I'm sure it's a lot less inflammatory, but this is an opt-in thing. Yeah. They're not yeah. they're not forcing anyone. This is so it's such it. a this is such a nothing burger. I I could I did a deep dive on a lot of these stories today, and so I can give you the, the whole backstory if, well, if and, you like. I mean, a couple uh, last year in August, uh, the, I can't remember the episode number, but it was wait, wait, yeah. don't tell me. Yeah. Um Korean Air did this, or at least yes. a, a very similar thing of this, where it was Samoan again anonymous opt-in. Yep. Yeah, it's and, and if you want to know why, here's the deal. Because if they don't do this, they basically have to take industry standards, which are tend to be country dependent. Like the UK has a standard, like this is the this is the table you must use of passenger weights. Yep. And or you there's the United States has one. And you're allowed to opt out of that. If you do your own study, if you can prove that you have your own data, that is that is better. So I think mm -hmm. for some places there, they can basically, they can probably save money because that's the only reason you would do this, right? You can save money and using your own passenger data uh, and maybe comply with safety standards better than if you just trust these massive data banks. I just don't trust a voluntary well, that's the submission thing. of this. Like, right, because who who volunteers to get weighed except, you know, the fake exactly. people? Exactly. That's yeah. what I was it's wondering. It's going was to like, skew everything smaller. And, yes. You know, it's, well, it's a terrible Which idea. I think is intentional. I think that's why they do it, because then it allows them to carry less fuel and have less expense. It's also, hmm. it's people, you have to, you're weighed with your bags. Yeah, which course. I think in some ways is good, but I think also in other ways I can see someone being like, well, no, I just like, I have some bricks with me. Like it's, I'm, <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> I, I get, I get that concern, but like, I, I know I'd be more willing to be weighed with my bags than without. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that's yeah. a little smarter. I, I, it, I, it I like yeah, because sense. they don't care. They really don't care about the passenger. They care about what's coming on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, exactly. That that to me is the kind of silver lining there is that they're yeah. they're not trying to make it into this big like yeah. you know you're too heavy to an, ride. An alarm plane. goes and off. Right. The, early, the earlier article that Take them uh, down. <laughs> the earlier versions of this, I don't remember Korean Air, but I do remember Samoan Air doing this because they were adjusting the price of the ticket by the weight. And Again, that I, was I remember that. Not okay, that's a good idea. Is, that is well, different. and here's the economic yeah. argument. If you're wondering why they would do that, it's not just to penalize fat people. Although, what a great idea, right? Oh my god. Yeah, what no, a side benefit. Yeah, a side benefit. So no, what they're doing is they're the thing is that the heavier your plane, the more fuel it takes 
to get it to its destination. So if you can, and, and the regulatory agencies require that you have a certain amount of fuel so you don't crash in the ocean, um, you know, which is also really bad customer service. So typically, typically. So what they're trying to do is if they can show that their plane weighs less, they can carry less surplus fuel. fuel. Got it. Um, the, yeah. the Korean air. So I pulled up the, the article that we had talked about. And in the case of Korean air, the people doing the weighing didn't even see your weight. Like you didn't see it. Yeah. They didn't see it. Like, I don't, the, the, you know, industry didn't even see it because they just shredded <laughs> all the weights afterwards. <laughs> well, because they all, all they care about is the total for that flight. Yeah. 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 And by they the didn't way, even they, use the weights. We, they just <laughs> threw them out. Into with, this fin ar- with this fin air article, they do make it clear that the, the ticket agent will see they your do. combined weight because they have a luggage. Not, yeah. But no one else will. And, it's and not it does not way. get linked to yeah. anything. It doesn't get linked to your account. It doesn't get, nope you know, link to your yeah. ticket, nothing like that. And if you're wondering, um, well, like they say it doesn't like, think about it. That would cost them so much more money to link it and they don't care. Yeah. yeah. And I think there is, a, there is one ephemeral quality here that I want to bring up, which is that, which is not measured in on any scale. I just think that the, uh, the airline uh, uh, employees that I've dealt with recently have been so less shitty on the fat front. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think I told a story on here about traveling at Christmas where I was asking about, like, you know, oh, I'm a fat person. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. I can get the other fat. And the woman going, like, oh, no, no, honey, we don't have a fat seating policy. We give extra seats to those who are worthy. (laughs) Like, like, I'm there. I'm using this. I'm using this airline as long as possible Uh, because of this woman now. Yes. This is it. Points of service. Points Mm -hmm. of service. Mm -hmm. I think to put a button on it, I think. The value in doing these same kinds of articles really is just that the headline of this article makes it sound a certain way, it's which clickbait. if you happen to be skimming headlines and you yeah. see this, you might feel slimed. And the the ultimate reality is that this is not that. This is not yeah. that crazy. This is not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up. Yes. From we, the we conversation. Have, yes. We have a conversation about the conversation. And that's that's a publication, people. That's a publication. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a thing that we do. Um, written by, oh God, how... Uh, and let me say, like, while this is one of those articles and studies that needs to be done, it is also one of the biggest no-duh discoveries yeah, that we've covered the, in years. It's a like, water is wet study. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> written by, I'm going to attempt this name, Viren Swami. I think Swimmy, that's, that's, ooh, very good. Right. That worked. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we love buddy, it. <laughs> but, yes, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> really? I mean, he's not here. She's not here. They're not here. <laughs> uh, body appreciation has been linked to better sexual and life satisfaction. Here's how to cultivate it. Yeah. I, I So I did a deep dive on the study. I'm like, what yes. do you mean? What do you mean? That, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about body appreciation? How did you measure that? I like the the pictures of people hugging themselves yes. in the article. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God for uh, uh, Getty Images, right? Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of things. So they there is this, this scale, the body appreciation scale that was a psychometrically developed See, Don, there scale. is a scale for everything. <laughs> There's always a scale. Um, in, in, fact, scale? in fact, we're in the second version of it because the first one was way too, way too female-centered because it, it, it talked about, you know, uh, female body parts and female images and used coded uh, language, which is coded for feminine, like beautiful. Like men don't think of themselves as beautiful. Typically it's I'm not beautiful. It's coded masculine. <laughs> it's usually coded feminine, but anyway, so they redid the study, uh, or redid the scale. They applied it here. 
Uh, as you say, Don, it's not exactly barn burning news. Um, but there is a couple of things I would point out. And one of the significant things in the study that I don't think is in the article is that there was greater body appreciation in two places. One, where the cultural distance from the United States was yeah. greatest. Yes. Yeah, two, that's in there. Okay. And two, uh, where income disparity was greatest. And I think what that means is that if uh -huh. you are in a country where people are earning $6 a week, you don't have time to worry about how Americans think of your body. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's, they, there is that correlation. They give the ends of the spectrum as far as the countries they studied with uh, Malta, Taiwan, and Bangladesh having the highest overall scores and... Anyone want to take a guess at the three lowest? <laughs> I'm saying, I think you, you can I'm get two guess, of them. I'm going to get U U.S. and U.K. U.K. is one, followed by Australia and India. India. Oh, yeah. Which, okay. India I get surprised to me. No, now that I think it's I through, think yeah. there's a I lot of... A, yeah. yeah? Okay. I talked to a lot of Indian guys, and it is it is like... Like, you know, why are you staying? Why are you so fat? Stop being fat. There's a lot of bodybuilding videos coming out of India. There's a um, lot of um kind of like early stage, maybe early stage fat lib articles that come through the news aggregator out of India. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the really other thing I wanted to point out about this, about this study is that the article mentions like, oh, you should do yoga or show your kids, you know, uh, positive body images in their children's books. That does not come out of the study. That's just... What it showed was that people who engage in physical activities like yoga were more likely to appreciate their body. That is not a causative link that yoga causes body appreciation. <laughs> right. You could be seeking it out because you're already there. And then that's just one way to yeah, express exactly. it. How do we feel about, um, I just thought that the, the part talking about the Swedish adolescents was interesting. Yeah. Where Swedish adolescents were satisfied with their appearance and found that they accepted their physical imperfections. And I don't, I just, maybe it's because well, I they're just all young, have, long and gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I just like, <laughs> the, what imperfections? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One nostril is, is one, set, one millimeter like, too big. Yes. Famously, some of the most like, you know, traditionally Western style of quote unquote yes. good looking exactly. people. Exactly. They are the Western standard. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like kind of creepy, perfect AI generated, like <laughs> just blonde, blue eyed children. Like, oh yes. Yeah. I am only slightly yeah. beautiful. If you ask an AI to show you a <laughs> if you show a if you ask AI to show you a picture of a perfect human being, it shows you a picture of Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so does this fall under the category of it's something? Is that where we're at? I guess. I mean, the fact that we're looking at body appreciation. I mean, the fact that they they created the body appreciation scale because, as is common in psychology. They people tend to look at negativity. Like we have a billion articles on depression. We have very fewer or much fewer articles on happiness. So yeah. they were looking at what, how can we measure body appreciation as opposed to body dysmorphia? I mean, I, that's something. I, that's, yeah, that's something. I think button. because it's I'm. <laughs> Is that what, the more you know? We yeah. don't have a, a cue for. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We solved uh, body image issues. Label it hit, hit the button. That's what that button Yeah. Is. Hit the okay, button. hit All the right. When Trevor says hit the button, that's the button I hit. <laughs> exactly. Don? All right, let's summon that eagle. It's time. We need All our right. eagle. All right. Not okay. watch 2024. Oh my God. <laughs> 
was very, <laughs> very heavy metal. <laughs> I don't think I've actually said 2024 yet. So I don't think you have. Yeah, I I think think we've done that. we've done 2024. I don't, I don't think, think we just said it. <laughs> I think 2024 will be a heavy metal year. Well, Coming to solve, entirely possible. Yeah. What? What? Let's do it. What do we got? <laughs> Coming to solve all the problems. Scooty has soared and landed, <laughs> and clutching in his tiny scooter beak. <laughs> A copy of Men's Health. Yes. Men's oh, Health. Add it again. Who would have thought? Yeah, this is the second one that's caught our attention. Yeah, now. I have a love-hate relationship with this magazine, it's, but do go yeah, on. Yeah, I agree. So the, the... I feel like they talk to you differently than they talk to the rest of us. <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, I will also preface, I didn't really notice the, uh, so the little tiny thing at the top, health beyond obesity. Right. So the article is a, it's kind of an expose, uh, not an expose. It's three. It's an interview, short sort of written interview with uh, three different men, um, all, you know, plus size men. And uh, they each get to kind of make a statement about their lives as, as fat men and what they've been able to do. And one of them is Jeff Jenkins, a friend of the pod, very close friend of the podcast, Jeff Jenkins <laughs> uh, from, from, uh, Oh God, what's his show called? It's, it's down here. And I always forget it. He's, um, he's the travel guy. He's the, yeah, guy. he's the travel um, guy. Uh, he had chubby diaries was where he got discovered. He was, you know, doing his own travel stuff. And then he got his show on discovery, I believe. Anyway, the article is, is a mixed bag because for me, because the first two men to write their own stories, uh, Mark Henry, who is a power lifter and former pro wrestler and Roy Belzer, who is a fitness trainer. They both have a lot of isms in their writing and storytelling that I found kind of cringy and uncomfortable. Um, for instance, the first thing that, uh, Mark Henry opens with is a story, uh, Five or six years ago, I was in a grocery store and this little kid said, Mama, he's fat. I told the kid, no, I'm big and strong. The embarrassment on the mother's face was undeniable, but my response to the kid was healing because when I told the kid that, the kid said, I'm strong too. And it's kind of like yes but also no like I, I mean again it's what would have been perfect is yes and I'm really strong. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed that, to no, but I'm really strong. Yeah. It's like your story about the mother who told yep. her kid, you know, no, you're, you're not fat. You're beautiful. Exactly. It's like, well, these, these two things can be the same. These they can, can be, yeah. they're not mutually exclusive. I had kind of a similar reaction to Roy's story too, but I'm curious what you guys thought. Well, and I just want to finish that. I think, I think the no in that moment is stop body shaming me. Yeah. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of the no in there. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there, which is, and like, you know, you're not allowed to judge people after the fact when you've had years to think about the, yeah. <laughs> about the right response. So I yeah. mean, I, I get it. I like that, but I will say that there is this, there does seem to be this compensation for, yeah, I'm fat, but I'm saved by the fact that I'm a power lifter. I've always been strong. I've always valued strength. I like that he's always valued strength and he's pursuing it. That's great. I mean, mm -hmm. that's sort of a personal value system. I love that. I mean, uh -huh. I, I think the thing to remember about this article is it's men's health. Yeah. Right. And I think the target of this article, you know, the target audience is so still in like the fact that it's like beyond obesity mm -hmm. is I feel like says kind of like sets the stage for this. And I think it's like, this is really big for men's health. Yes. And specifically <laughs> because the, the photos in the article, yes. are all three of these men completely shirtless and like 
they aren't covering anything. The photographer, like they, you know, so whatever the stories are, however they may decide to kind of like present whatever their own version of feeling good in their bodies is like the article itself is extremely like, like, I just remember being, uh, you know, back living back in LA, I was 21 years old and I was in a, you know, a, a, an apartment of hot, you know, at young actors and they had like men's health magazines and it was, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine completely shirtless. And it's like, here's his workout routine. Here's what he did. Yeah. And it's like, you know, veins popping out everywhere and rippling like, you know, septuple abs and just, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. And so for them to not just have this kind of article, but to put it out there just, and again, it's in the beyond obesity section, but you know, they didn't well, hide from it. They didn't hide from it. And I have to, you know, it is not presented as, you know, these men sad, but trying. It's not yeah. that. Yeah. It's not yeah. that. And um, it would have been that 10 years ago. It, oh, it absolutely. Been, absolutely. Yes. Yes. absolutely. I've read that article. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so I, I, I think this is more like we would have nothing to sell if we didn't believe in obesity. But for those of you who have opted out, we can also sell you a magazine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think I, that's what they're trying here. The, the beyond, so if you go to the beyond obesity section of like the, these, they're, they're kind of collection of stories. It is the toxic masculinity version of like early body positivity. Cause there is some good stuff there. You know, there's the big and strong. There's why BMI is kind of bullshit. Uh, are weight loss drugs right for you? <laughs> I don't think it's fair to call it toxic masculinity. I will say that it's masculine. It is the it is the masculine answer to what has been historically a for women by women exclusionary of men only body positivity movement. I guess, and maybe that's just like because like this is how men do. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, for a straight man, this is very comfortable in the middle of the road. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm because I'm just so. It's like. Ugh. My my yeah. stereotype is that younger generations are better about this stuff, about better about connecting with their bodies and having healthier, very much uh, so. viewpoints on fatness. So I'm kind of curious, like, you know, is men's is men's fitness the last gasp of the boomer generations? Attempts? I, no, I think this is the attempt to yeah. try to get in sync with a younger readership. Yeah, right. So, but it's so. Yeah. But it, let's face it. I feel like a lot of the stuff they're delivering, people who already have concepts of self-worth and body self-esteem and getting past this shit this is remedial this is old this is not uh, helpful maybe. i don't think maybe so. maybe i think i mean i think just... what it's doing i think what i like about it is that it's blurring the line between fitness and fatness and that is itself useful nice okay yeah. and I it's very, i can it's, see that it's very entry level which i think is good yeah. you know like, what, i mean Trevor, the fact that you're they're right. talking of they're talking about Binge yeah. eating disorder with men. Yeah, I mean, Trevor, it's in an article. It's in an right. article saying you know Ozempic might help that, but it's still like <laughs> but they're they're trying to have the conversation, yeah. which yeah. is why you know we don't see men in fat liberation because these conversations aren't really happening at all in especially like straight male spaces. Yep. Yeah, 100%. that's a really good point. Hundred yeah. percent. All right. Uh, is that a good launching point for moving into our main topic for the oh, day? Oh, I think so. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I was talking about a message I got from a listener talking about basically like finding and assessing like if something that is geared towards fat people 
is a scam or not. Um, specifically, they were talking about that they bought something from this clothing company that I had seen. I had been getting ads for on Instagram, and I immediately clocked as like, this is probably a scam. But it was really convincing. It was, um, I'm actually going to find the name so I can kind of warn people. And, and while you're looking for it, I think if, if I can develop that point a bit, the what happens a lot of time is if you have, you know, let's say you have a screen door, like you make screen doors, but you know, not how do you distinguish your product if you make screen doors? Well, you know, this is a screen door for plus size people, or this is an AI screen door. <laughs> or this is like you drop a buzzword, you just drop a buzzword, you know, or this is an interneted screen door, like it connects by via Bluetooth or your wireless network. You just drop a buzzword into your product and now it's that. And it tends to, then it'll bump up in the search in the search engine. So yeah. I think a lot of people do that. So it's not just an office chair, it's a plus size, plus size office chair. Why is yeah. that? Well, because we said plus size. Uh, right. So this is big man's with two G's. <laughs> uh, plus size clothing. And if you're fat, you've probably seen these ads. I want to, I'm going to link you all to it. So you can if see you the spell pictures. your name with two G's, then we might just be the right company for you. That's right. Well, no, and it's so perfect because it's like, that is such a, like, I don't know, small, like kind of mom and pop. I mean, I guess not mom and pop, like ma, or ma pop, just pop. Like <laughs> I just, um, like big clothing for you, the, the UK company, like, mm. you know, they're, legit and big clothing for you is just kind of like it's big clothing for you it's just kind of straight to the point <laughs> um but what i so i when i saw these ads i'm like oh like and it, i think they advertised going to i don't know if it was 9x i think you said nine in our call i don't know yeah. if that's the case but um but i was like just the way these pictures are like you can tell that there's just something kind of uncanny about them and by uncanny you mean like this can't be real like it's yeah it's like been the altered altered and it's just very saturated and there's a lot of the model is in the same exact pose in the same exact place in different clothing yeah. these and patterns the don't look like they're actually draped over a body it looks like they've cut out uh, yeah. a shirt shaped hole in the picture <laughs> and then slapped a pattern on it well that's how i walk out around in public yeah i, I think i feel like the model is wearing like a, like green screen material. Yes. And they, they left the shadows in, but then they keyed out the green screen and replaced it with patterns of clothing. Yes. And, and it looks, yeah, very uncanny, very sort of, yeah, faked like a lie. But I also know that like, so when I first was assessing this myself, I almost bought it and I'm like, well, maybe they just like, you know, it's kind of more like print on demand. There's a very specific type of like kind of club wear from the, early 20 oh god oh, time oh my god i just got hit by this wave of like that was like 10 years ago um <laughs> everybody listening you've just experienced firsthand trevor's own personal anxiety attack <laughs> oh god no but just like i don't they're 2010s fast fashion where it was like yeah meme shirts where it was like a piece of pizza like an image of a piece of pizza made into a pattern <laughs> printed all over the shirt yeah yeah like oh just god kind of, yes yeah yes. So yeah, for like, those of I'm, you who thought you were too good for big dog clothing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I was like, oh, so maybe this is like that. And just like, it's more print on demand. They don't have time. Like, and they're just really cranking out these designs and how great it goes to 9X. But the more I looked at it, I'm like, I think this is AI. Uh, okay. Or but something. here's my question. Yes. So it's a bad job of rendering the product. 
connect the dots for us of why that makes it fake or why I shouldn't. They're be lying because they're just because they lie. Be, okay. Yeah, because they, they're. But what if they don't have the money to like pay models and do all that stuff? Is that they're um, still lying? Okay, okay. no. All so right. it's just it's, scammy. It feels scammy. Yeah, it feels scammy. Uh, I think so. Kind of the personal steps I go through is like something about this doesn't look right. The website doesn't look right. The copy on the website is just kind of like really long and rambly. <laughs> Almost and, like it too was generated well, by AI. Uh, mm. The fact that it goes to 9X to me, I'm like, that's kind of suspicious. Just because it's, it's too good odd, to be true. It's too good to be true. And it's such an odd size. And there are so many options. That's like, I just, there's the, the combination of like 9X and there are like two dozen so maybe more designs here's partially what what triggers my like that that like sixth sense of like what's wrong here so the outfit is like a big a big guy this is the same model at least for the line that i'm looking at it's a big guy they're all the same model <laughs> yeah he's wearing this uh, all black t-shirt with the words los angeles on it he's wearing camo pants again i don't think he's actually wearing these uh but that's what it looks like and then in the description, the, the written text, here's exactly how it reads. We are pleased to introduce you to a series of street cartoon color blocking graffiti short sleeve short suits. The clothing <laughs> in this series is themed with street style and graffiti elements presenting a fashionable, energetic and youthful atmosphere. Here are some of the features and design elements of the collection. Oh, that's, that's fucking AI. Yeah, but I think it's also texted it's also written to appeal to every search engine buzzword yeah but the kind of person who's gonna buy that style of clothing is not the kind of person that that type of writing is going to like oh connect no they, they assume you're not going to read it that's for search engines i but even i i'm I, i'm just saying these are the you're like, right when you're right when we're yeah. talking about like <laughs> okay. triggers that are hard to describe mm -hmm. but they they set off your spider sense the that's point one is, of them we live in a world where bigmans.com is one of many sites yes. promising product where we don't have much faith that the product they're advertising will show up in our mailbox as advertised yeah michael I, I sorry. I just wanted to circle back because I don't think Trevor actually said what part of this was a scam for the person who bought it. Like what yeah. happened? Okay. Um. So he never got it. Oh, it just, oh he never he received yeah, he for never it. Received never it. received it. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a straight up scam. <laughs> yeah. I call yes. that. Well, that's that's actually a step farther than what I was expecting. I was expecting more of the Wish. dot com stuff. I don't know if any of you have ever ordered anything from Wish. dot com or or that ilk. But like what I, I got scammed once I, I I'm going to admit my being scammed. Um, I mean, I saw, that's not a fault of yours. That's yeah. on them. Yeah. <laughs> that. But the, the thing I saw looked neat to me. It looks like a house plant made of led lights. Right. So that hmm. like the, the leaves lit up and they had glowing rings like fiber of light optics. around them, like fiber mm -hmm. optics. And it was inexpensive, but it looked like it was about four feet tall on the ad. Uh, I paid for it. Uh, they said it would take two weeks to arrive. Four months later, oh, yes, a box the size of a book shows up <laughs> at my place, and it's literally a plastic leaf, mm -hmm. uh, like on on a branch with like maybe three or four leaves that you can plug in. It will light up. It looks nothing like the device they advertised, yeah. mm. you know. But this is the world we live in with a lot of these services. You'll then, and I, I, this is an experience multiple people I know have had. You then contact them and say, this is not what I ordered. And they say, oh, 
we really apologize. That is not what you ordered. We can either refund like 10% of your money. Yeah. Um, or you know, like we can look into it and see if we can get you the thing that might take some time. But, I mean, yeah. look, look, people, right. the, the thing that's even true, right. this was true in mail order days when yeah. they just had book catalogs. Yeah. It, the shipping and handling is designed to cover the cost of the product with the mm-hmm. assumption that, of course, you will want your money back less shipping and handling. <laughs> right. So the shipping and handling is enough for them to make a profit here. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. So. Now we're entering into a new age where the advertising can be so aggressive and so um, shiny, let's let's face it, (laughs) that it can blind you to the absence of an actual product. Well, I think especially in the case of, you know, if you're a fat person and it's like, oh, my God, like clothes and it's like it's colorful and it goes to 9X and I'll be honest. I was looking at these things while we were talking about going like, why can't I find some yeah, of these it's like, shirts? Because some of these shirts look nice. I would buy some of these yeah. shirts. Yeah. Except that they're, you know, they're in a static position as opposed to a moving body. Yeah. And there's, mm-hmm. um, if I may, I, I, I wanted to get into another part of, I, I basically not as advertised or scamming, which I think yeah. is medical studies. Because we read so often oh, in newspapers okay. yes. about, you know, this new miracle drug or this new thing. That's a really good call. And so, and I wanted to present it in a way that wasn't just me lecturing. So if I may, if you're willing to indulge me, I want to have a conversation where I present to you a tiny idea for a study, like a study result. And then okay. you ask me questions about what you would look for to check out the study. Like, how would you verify it for yourself? You I'm know? in. Okay. Let's okay. do it. Nice. Okay. So here's the study. And again, it's just a hypothetical study and here's what it is. So this is your headline. Eating snozberries helps you lose weight. And the subheadline is new study shows that people who ate snozberries lost as much as 16 pounds in four weeks. I mean, my first thing would be, where does this study come from? And are they, is it, you know, Paid for by the commission of first snozberries <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So, and farmers of America. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. So this is basically about how to interrogate the study, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could look at the funding source. So I'll tell you that the funders here uh, are, it's funded by the Healthy Living Institute, which is a coalition of nonprofit organizations, along with agricultural, pharmaceutical, and food processing companies. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, I, that hasn't answered my question because I don't know where their funding comes from. So well, like, but that's... if it's pharmaceutical, agricultural and food processing, they obviously have a stake yeah. in selling you snozberries. Yeah. Right. It's mega corpse. Yeah. Okay. But so that's you know. but how would you interrogate the study itself? Like if I say that they, um, you know, you might want to ask what the study is, for example. Are we Should assuming I that, that snozberries are an actual fruit that we have heard of and we know it exists? So, like, right. So your first could question we be doing be, this with asparagus. Right. Know? So, well, because your first question might be, what are snozberries? And I say, well, glad you asked. Don, snozberries are a new and and fundamental important food from the uh, from Lupa land that's been recently discovered to have weight loss properties. Okay. <laughs> so that's I mean that's my, what my so are. my my internal radar for this is somebody's trying to sell me something. Yeah. Like it because it's being presented as a like you know this new study, but it it reads like advertising. Like but that's sure. how it. I hits mean, I'm, me. I'm I'm doing it sort of that way, but I really want to get into what yeah. would you look at in a study? Like there's a, the study says that they lost 16 pounds in four weeks, and if like if you wanted to like what's the study? Okay, so eat, they weighed each participant, gave them 200 grams of snozberries to eat every day, and then weighed them four weeks later, and what? And they lost an average of no, 16. No, no, I mean like I'm sorry, just they lost snozberries or 
Is that all they ate or, you know, well, like- obviously they didn't just eat 200 grams of snozberries, but you know, okay. uh, they, the, they asked them to not change anything about their diet or exercise. Okay. Uh, and they were, they were, they gave them 200 grams of snozberries to eat every day and they lost as much as 16 pounds in four weeks. Where this comes from is I had a, I had a person ask me, you know, all these health studies say this, but you give studies that say that, how can I distinguish when there's studies and studies? Be, and I can answer that. It, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. There yeah, is but that's very personal. But that's very personal and it's not objective and it's not, again, it doesn't answer, because when you're, de- when you're trying to debate with someone, is being fat going to kill you? You well, can't just say, well, if, because then the answer is, well, of course it is. Everybody knows that because that's kind of what you're doing. I think Michael's Michael's approach is a valid one. If you're just sort of, you know, if you're if you're doing Skimming. high level reaction, absolutely, yeah. it's perfectly valid and it's going to be accurate. You know, because when someone's trying to sell you something, it's usually pretty clear. But let's say let's do away with the concept of schnozberries and say Ozempic, right? Sure, you're trying to break down the actual studies on Ozempic. It's a real thing. It's in our lives. Yeah, it's something we have to grapple with. How do we? understand those right exactly uh, it's the same it's the same deal and we like our the the colbert truthiness isn't going to help us right kind of get and to that's the truth why of it. what i wanted to get into without getting too pedantic is what would you actually look at in a study yeah so that you can look at it as saying hmm that's valid hmm that's kind of that's kind of sketchy i mean like, i i guess what i would do is because like i you know i can look at okay who's funding it and kind of the the scale of the studies. But I know I'm not really equipped to break it down. So like I would go to see like, okay, has Reagan Chastain talked about this? Have Aubrey Gordon, Michael Hobbs talked about this? Go, go to the experts. What, like what are trust. people who I trust who really yeah. like... Okay. Expert sourcing is a great method. Well, would, would, you, would you mind if I actually gave you some stuff to look at in the study? I guess. Uh, for the hypothetical study, I would love to hear well, any, your hypothetical any, facts. Any study, any study, right? <laughs> like, how would you eva- like when people like how would you evaluate this other than sounds sounds good, sounds bad? Yeah. Or this people for this person likes it, so I like it. Um, so, for example, you might look at the sample size, right? Like Trevor kind of mentioned, mm-hmm. that. like yep, how many Trevor people did they sample? Yeah. Okay, so here's what I, so here's what I say, right? So the sample size done on this, right? In my Snozberry example, they looked at a sample size of fifty. 1,500 people. And so the follow-up question is like, okay, well, who were these people? Okay, well, they were 750 men and 750 women enrolled in the study at the beginning. And then you might ask, really, how many stayed in the study? So what was the dropout rate? Oh, How many? Something of the, that would never occur to me. To yeah. Ask. So, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm. Doing I, this. I assume that means completion. No, because you know? it might just mean enrolled. And so, what if I told you that of the 1,500 people, 750 and 750 men and women, that 512 men dropped out and 251 women dropped out? So the real numbers were closer to 250 men and 500 women. And so, what what that makes me think is like, wait a minute, why did so many people drop out? And my first thought is, I bet snozberries taste nasty. I my first thought <laughs> and with this is that snozberries give you diarrhea or something like and that. Like, yeah. yeah, that it's something yeah. where it's just yeah. But then they say, but then if you look in the materials, they you know because they can't do a study with two hundred and fifty men and five hundred women, so they say that's okay. We 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 threw out two hundred and fifty of the women. We didn't use their data. Well, guess which half? Guess which half of the women they threw out? They threw out the half of the women who didn't lose as much weight. In other words, they created parity by 
making it 250 men, yeah. 250 women. But they did that by throwing out the high, the, the low weight loss values for the women, right? So look at who's in the study. How long did it last? And how long, because, you know, if you do a weight loss study of four weeks, anybody can lose weight in four weeks. Try four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, the other thing is, and this happens a lot in weight loss studies, right? You know, it showed that, for example, partici- you know, the, the participants who lost the most weight had the most health benefit, right? Yeah, but what was, but that doesn't make causation because if they lost the weight, it might've been that they were, you, you know, in some other weight loss study, for example, it might be that, you know, yeah, they also ate differently and exercised. It may not have been the weight loss at all, but all they were looking at as causation was weight loss. So the conclusion doesn't match the data. The conclusion assumes a cause, assumes a causation when that's not proven. They assumed it was the weight loss, but it could have been any of a number of other factors, including maybe they all of a sudden started doing exercise. Mm-hmm. Right. So that it, you know, and then as Trevor said, the funding, who funded this? Who's, who's behind this? So that, those are my things, sample size and dropout rate. So, and that can be also be like the length of the study. Uh, how did they get to causation from correlation and then who funded it? So those would be four little pointers that I would, I would recommend. And I think a way to like connect that to the more on a personal level, like if you're just shopping for yourself and you're trying to figure something out, like the kind of research you can do is the first thing that I ask when I see stuff like this, having also been scammed myself, uh, is where physically, where is this company? Cause you're always yes. finding them online. Yep. And this particular website, bigmans.com, you cannot find where they are. They mm. don't have a physical location. That's listed. a huge flag for me. If you can't yeah. find where they are, do not order from them. The best I can figure out is where their shipping costs are the lowest because they have a list of where they ship to and what the costs, what the shipping times are, not costs. Mm. Um, and so there's somewhere in Europe. I can't, I couldn't tell you where. And then number two, and this is maybe the bigger one that p- would point to like, oh, you're going to, you're not going to ever see this is they have an, a, an entire section in their uh, shipping under their shipping policy uh, on their website that says delivery delay notice. You know, we have quote unquote increased traffic. There is uh, they will give you a coupon refund. So not your money back. Mm. They'll give you store credit if there is a sh- quote unquote shipping delay. And then we promise you'll receive better service in the future. Mm, yeah. Meaning, you're never going to see this product. We will treat you like a quality, you know, a, a good customer by giving you a refund, but you're not actually getting your money back. You can just keep shopping for made up <laughs> items on our website. It is. And you can see the circular logic there. You can see that this is a system designed for you to lose your money and never get what you paid for. Yeah. See, I just, I'm on the website and there's photos of yeah. people like reviews with people wearing the clothes. Mm-hmm that still look weird but they're such but like i don't think the pictures are ai because they're like i mean no shade they're bad pictures of people yeah and i'm trying to figure out like where did they just get pictures from like maybe um like king size or something and photoshop them or it's Hmm. so weird here's another suggestion i'm going to throw out there um talk with your friends talk with family talk with other people um it, so for example on uh pers- on personal ads and personal sites 
there's a lot of scammers. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be shocked to hear that uh, you're going to get approached by a lot of people that seem to be uh, staff sergeants stationed in the Middle East that <laughs> live near you when they're here, but they're not here, but they really want to marry you in the second text they've sent you. Um, that's a scam, right? And so for some reason, I, fe- I feel personally targeted as a fat gay man that they think that I'm an easy mark for, for clothing sales, for, uh, for romance and for all this stuff. So I feel a little picked on from time to time, which know. makes me I, a little paranoid. I don't know, Don, because, you, you know, know, that time I helped the Nigerian prince out of bankruptcy in his country. <laughs> I mean, that was I mean, that was difficult. But, you know, I, I, I stood by. Yeah. It. <laughs> um, but I, this is the world we live in. So a little bit of extra awareness is a good thing. Don't be too ashamed to talk about your potential hookups with your friends if you think it's a scammer. Uh, I didn't know about the whole like uh, Nigerian prince, (laughs) Afghanistan staff sergeant uh, thing until I started talking with people and realized that that staff sergeant had talked to just about every chubby guy I knew on on, on Facebook. It's it's 18 people using that idea, you know? Yeah. There was one of those that I talked to and it took me like, I don't know if it was two or three messages to realize like he's not responding to anything I'm saying. Yes. In what I'm sending. It's like, this is like, you've not personal ads, ask questions and check and see if they answer them. Yeah. Yeah. Check and see if he asks you follow up questions to the questions he said that to your responses. Well, because you know, who gets duped is when they blow past the question, but instead there's this outpouring of love and appreciation yep, and yep, people yep, yep. get distracted. Like, but he, lo- Oh wow. Yeah. That's much more important than the answer to my yep. question. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> if you ask a question, if, if he has any value, he is going to respond to it. Yeah. And and by the way, let's say it's a real genuine person. Any person who doesn't respond to your question is not interacting with you. You are both interacting yeah. with fantasies. Even of if each he other. is real, even if even if he That's is real, saying. he's not that, worth your time. Absolutely. You're both interacting with fantasies of each other. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Um, <laughs> do we have a tip today? Yes, we do. Um, so the Everyman Project is returning in 2024, and they are looking for models. There's a Chubster article breaking this down. Um, photographer Treat Carroll launched the project in 2017 and it's basically kind of like a a photo project that acts to serve as a platform for men to reflect and share their thoughts on body image and they're looking for models for their april 2024 photo shoot so there's a form you can fill out um this shoot's going to be in new york but you don't have to be based in new york we can't find confirmation that this will (laughs) that they're still taking submissions you can still fill the form out on their website so if this is something that that sounds appealing or like a place you could express yourself and you want to take that that step like i feel like this is sort of like the 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 platform version of what uh however chubby does yeah where you can go and just like have like a fun self-expressed photo shoot um and then yeah the the whole point is to create that conversation or to continue creating because they started this in in 2017 um so don do we have a, a bit a bit for today? We do. And if you'd like to subscribe to... No, wait, I was going to try and do some sort of scam there. But since we're talking about scams, <laughs> um, there's lots of different scams that are it, it, fascinating things here. So let's, let's talk about scams, boys. Um, so lots of people run scams for lots of different reasons. Some even run scams completely accidentally. This can happen a lot in the world of paleontology. 
where scams have lasted decades before being spotted. Hmm. Um, the Piltdown Bird, or the Archaeoraptor Leonigenesis. Leonigenesis. Oh, that is one of these examples. So found in the Liaoning province in China, it was hailed by National Geographic as a true missing link in the (laughs) complex chain that connects dinosaurs to birds. Just months after this declaration, however, it was revealed that this celebrated Archaeoraptor fossil was a phony. An investigation determined what? One, a museum curator tried to save his institution by inventing a new dinosaur by mixing modern mammal bones with dinosaur skeletons. Two, the farmer who sold the original skeleton to a collector just glued together random dinosaur bones to make something pretty. Uh, Three, a janitor had knocked over two skeletal displays (laughs) and reassembled the two skeletons as best he could in order to save his job. (laughs) <laughs> that, I hope that's the case. <laughs> or four, the bird was a modern chicken skeleton with the rib cage of a rabbit. Oh. Hmm. Uh, oh What's the man. first one again? A museum curator tried to save his institution by inventing a new dinosaur by mixing modern mammal bones with dinosaur skeletons. Um, I think that's still too far down the pipeline of scientific discovery. So yeah, I'm I think it go had with, to happen earlier. I think it's going to, I think uh, the fourth one. It's just like, it was, it was this stuck to a that. Yep. I'm, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. I'm torn between one and four. I want to go with one. Cause I just like, I like okay, the so idea. I, I changed mine to one. Okay, Trevor and Michael are up for the, the yeah, museum creator yeah. trying to save valiantly save this museum. Uh, Dan just thinks they found a chicken next to a rabbit and went to town. A plucky museum curator trying to save the museum <laughs> by putting on a show. Oh, the dear. correct answer is a farmer who sold the original skeleton to a collector just glued together random dinosaur bones to make something pretty. They never pretended it was a dinosaur. They just made an art piece and sold it to a collector. Oh, and then the collector turned around and sold it to a U.S. museum for $80,000. Really? Great and they, they they're like, oh, and, and and they it just happened to come all glued together for us? That's ridiculous. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> they clearly did the research. Yes, absolutely. In 1925, Count Victor Lustig needed cash. Getting it wasn't really that hard, though. He just faked some government papers showing that he had the right to sell this world-famous structure for scrap and then let the bribes roll in from scrap dealers hoping he'd throw the contract their way. Mm -hmm. In total, he fleeced the companies for about $200,000 in bribes uh, from this con before skipping town and becoming one of America's most successful swindlers. Yep. Mm. What was the world-famous structure he was selling in 1925? Dan, you will be answering less because okay. less because you seem to. Know. I think I know. Hand. I think I know. I think I know. <laughs> All right. One, the Empire State Building. Two, oh. the Brooklyn Bridge. Three, okay. the Eiffel Tower. Or four, Big Ben. Hmm. Oh boy. Which I'm... of these did he manage to convince the world he had the rights to sell the scrap for from? I want to say I'm torn between three and one. So but Empire State Building or Eiffel Tower? Three. Okay, we got one going for the Eiffel Tower. Michael, what are you going for? Uh, I Big Ben. I think Big Ben. Oh, we're going That's international. We got one for the Eiffel Tower, one for Big Ben. Dan, well, do you know the truth? Uh, the Brooklyn Bridge, Don. Final answer. Oh. Ah, final answer. The final answer was wrong, Dan. No, it was no. wrong. What is it? The Eiffel Tower was, in fact, Damn what he was convincing oh. people he had the rights to sell. <laughs> the... Uh. 
I think it's not um, only that Trevor's always right. It's that Trevor's always right so long as Dan and I don't agree with him. <laughs> well, the other thing is, I'm pretty sure this was also tried for the Brooklyn Bridge because there's a lot of, like, it's even a, it's even in a Bugs Bunny You cartoon. are correct. That yeah. was a very popular scanner, a scam around this time period. Yes. But it never collected the amount of money that the Eiffel Tower scanned. Okay, so I got the, so I got the right monument but the Dan wrong scam. Dan gets partial credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our final question for the day. Can you redeem your say of the selves, gentlemen? This one's important. All right. Sacred relics have led the faithful to go on religious pilgrimages all around the world. Holy travels where they pay a lot of money Mm -hmm. for food, board, and travel, and occasionally the relics they came to see. (laughs) Um, While seeing an item of dubious religious value. You can think of it as the world's first divine tourist trade. For centuries, while people would travel to do a, to, to a church in Chartres, uh, I can't pronounce this. Someone, someone Chart. correct me. Chartres, Chartres, Chartres. France. Just say Chartres. To see a specific part of Jesus's body they claim to have there. Uh-huh. Pilgrims could have traveled to one of 20 other churches across Europe that also claimed to have the same body part on display. Oh, boy. Making it one of the most prolifically available pieces of Jesus's body work on record. Sadly, today, no religious group claims to have this particular body part uh, anymore, uh, having lost it either to the French Revolution or World War II, depending who you're talking to. Or common sense. What Uh, was uh Jesus's body part that was on display in Chartres, France and uh, uh, 20 other churches across Europe? I I have an idea. I already know my answer. Jesus's eye. (laughs) Two, Jesus's nose. Three, Jesus's nipple. Just say it, four, four, are we ready? All right, yes. everyone, say hands it. on buzzers. Hands say on buzzers. It, say it, say it. Or four, Jesus's foreskin. Foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to add my answer of Jesus's abs. Final answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and lovely flowing long blonde locks. We yeah. have three people that hit the buzzer simultaneously to scream the word foreskin at me. <laughs> yeah. um, that is, in fact, the correct answer. Yay. Yay. Jesus's foreskin was apparently one of the most popular religious relics on display and during world war after world war ii it was no longer on display anywhere so someone okay. ate the funyun <laughs> oh god oh god oh god <laughs> okay i think i figured out the rules of our game it's trevor is always right unless dan or i agree, agree with, with him mm-hmm. <laughs> and and if all three of us agree then it's a toss-up it could be anybody's game mm-hmm. Well, dear listener, have you noticed another pla- another pattern to our game? Is Michael right? Is Michael wrong? Where could they tell us, Trevor? I thought you were going to say if they have Jesus's foreskin. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh, on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars everywhere. Follow us at YouTube Music because that's a thing ooh, now. Ooh, we got a new review on Apple Podcasts. Thank oh, you very yay. much. Thank you, listener. Yay! It's been so long since you've reviewed us. Support us on patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. See the articles we talked about at bigfatgaypod.com, baby. Yeah. We did it, Joe. We got through another episode. We stayed dry. We still have Jesus' foreskin safe. I don't. I don't know. Is that Joseph? It's uh, the... (laughs) It's the, the it's a little meme. It's Kamala Harris uh, like calling Joe Biden. Oh, and when she like she was jogging, they were like filming her jogging, and it's like we did it, Joe. We won. I <laughs> I, I say that now whenever I do anything, I'm like we did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, um, maybe you're a mouse because that's thing. And there's a garbage truck coming, and Michael's yes. driving it. So <laughs> watch out! Uh, no, you're driving. You're not the mouse. <laughs> I no. I was also a mouse driving the truck, driving over the mouse. Oh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>